What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Yedud Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. <laughs> Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Yeah, dude, it's going pretty good. <laughs> Appreciate, you know, the, the creativity and time you put into my middle names all the time. Yeah. Makes me feel really special. You know, almost as special as I feel sitting and, you know, looking and seeing your beautiful face here yeah, once again. Just Fresh haircut. Short hair Graham we got yeah. on site today. Yeah, buzzed buzzed up last weekend by uh, the best barber in Atlanta. You know, just in time for these record-hitting uh, February heat wave we're going through right Dude, now. I was running yesterday, and I was like, it feels like April. Yeah, it was like, like, I was like sweating. 82 degrees. Yeah, and I had mean, sweat in my eyes, and apparently my allergies are acting up, so the sweat was burning. My in allergies my eyes. are starting already. Yeah, my allergies wow. are coming back, and not even the the pollen allergies, but the nickel and propylgallate allergies that affect so many of us across the continental United States. There's not enough, you know, research done on the this nickel allergy of yours. Like, I think we should start a drive. Sure, if you want to support the research into nickel allergies and why they occur. Um, just reach out to us on Twitter at ATL Zone Sports. There could be a ton of research out there. I really don't know, but don't it's, know it's, it's not a cause you hear about very often. No. Well, it's funny. So I've always ignored when people ask at restaurants, do you have any dietary restrictions? And I'm always like, yeah, but it's not a big deal. I'm not going to die or anything. It's like my throat will swell up if I eat something that's touch nickel or has nickel in it or propylgallate. Uh, for those that don't know, propylgallate is preservative found in food. And mm. uh, I did not know that. Yeah. So there you go. And most mostly processed foods. So, and so that's like why you like your fresh onion rings. That's why I like fresh onion rings. Got that's it. why I can't eat Stacy's chips anymore because oh, no. they. Are, yeah, it was a tragedy. I used to eat Stacy's chips all the time. Um, goldfish, goldfish are okay. Interesting. They don't cause a flare up. Okay, but something was causing a flare up in, in my eye yesterday. I don't know what it was. And um, anyway. I never say it because I'm like, this is embarrassing. Like, people are going to look at me like, nickel like the fucking coin? Yeah. That's I think it. you said nickel like the dime one time. Or that was, <laughs> that was, I don't know if that was you or someone else, but it was really funny. Um, but anyway, so I finally was like, you know what? Maybe I should tell people because you never know what people are cooking with. The, the, the food, you know, the surfaces um, that the food touches can affect me as well. So I was like, nickel and propyl gallate. And this it, guy was like, nickel? Wait, did you do that in real life? I did. I did that uh, in December when I went out to dinner <laughs> with my mom. and uh, Just to like some some waiter who's making minimum wage. Right. Give it a throw a proper gal. Well, he asked there. me. You yeah. know, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should because there have been times I've gone out to eat and I my, my allergies, it usually affects my hands. My hands, as you know, get super red. But so how did like, he respond? He was just like, nickel? I was just like, God, I feel so embarrassed. It's yeah, like asking for milk at a restaurant. There's no way to like. I feel like, like I don't. We don't have any nickel. I was like, it's, I'm telling you, sometimes there's nickel in food. So, you know, the surfaces that you cook in sometimes have nickel. And he goes, I'll, I'll check, but I think we'll be fine. And I was like, thanks for disregarding my condition. Not that it's a really bad condition. Some people, like I said, will eat uh, cantaloupe and they'll they'll die, or their the throat will swell up and they might die. You know, like, there's nothing like that. Like it's fine. Yeah. I deal with it. It's not a big deal. Which yeah, is I mean, a little painful. That's a tough one, Graham. Yeah, there's no way to say that without, you know, sounding really pretentious. Yeah, it's like going into, um, I don't even know. It would be like, you know, walking into the uh, some saloon in the 1920s dressed like me and saying fuck every other word. People would just, you know, look at you like you're crazy. That's exactly what happened. I... Didn't think that's where you're going with that. I thought you were going to say walking into a saloon in the, like the 1920s and asking for something gluten free. 
yeah, that would be a better, that would be a much more <laughs> yeah. apt metaphor. Yeah, you yeah. know, times have changed. I just don't think the world's ready for nickel and propagate yet. Maybe in 20 years, that's going to be commonplace, like people ordering gluten-free. Right. Uh, we're just not there yet, Grant. Not there. So this is how we spread awareness, yeah, and we'll, is, we'll this, get there. This is an important social cause. Yeah. Any other social cause you think might be important is second to nickel and propagate uh Allergies. Yeah, we don't touch social causes too often. No. This, this is an important this one. This is one close to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of causes close to the heart, we are, after all, sponsored by the Pigskin Podcast Network, Graham. So I feel like it's very important to discuss the XFL action Oh yeah, that happened this past Everybody's weekend. Everybody's dying to know. This is the third coming, Graham, of the XFL League. <laughs> you know, the Spring Football League. And this time, The Rock is bringing it back. It's The Rock is one of, like, he's one of three owners... And he's bringing it back, and people are excited. And I watched a little action. I got, I found myself in a alternative sports mode on Sunday. I've been watching that full swing show on Netflix about golf. I don't know if you've watched that at all. It's really good. It like dives like headfirst into these PGA players and like their stories, and it's just like you know it humanizes them, and like you see, oh, there's some actually really cool. Good dudes in golf still uh, on the PGA Tour. Exciting stories. And so like, I watched a little bit of the golf tournament that was going on, seeing what was happening there. Saw Daytona 500 was on. Flipped back and forth between that. That was miserable to watch. I believe it ended on a warning, on a caution flag. And then uh, XFL action. So my squad, the St. Louis Battlehawks, Graham. That's who you liked. Yes. You were given, like... Play-by-play updates on Discord to no one. I was entertained by it. <laughs> well, I remember watching them uh, the last time the XFL was around in 2020 before COVID took it out. And, like, St. Louis is still pissed. Like, the city of St. Louis is still pissed about losing the Rams. So, like, they still have the dome there. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, it's on Madden. You could probably tell me. Uh, I can't remember. Okay, but it's still yeah, there. Yeah. And, like, they packed that the place Hubert out. Humphrey Dome, I think. Okay. <laughs> I think it's probably that cha- might be the Minnesota. It's probably dome. changed names since yeah, two thousand five. Yeah, who knows what it is? But um, you know they were putting thirty, forty thousand people in Damn. into an XFL game. Yeah, so they're the, showing that they want an NFL team back in St. Louis. They are, and I, th- I think they're really going to show out this time. So the, the Battle Hawks were on the road this time. I can't remember who they were playing, but AJ McCarron was their quarterback. So this was the backup Falcons quarterback as of like last year, I think. Yes. Um, I kind of like the guy, but he got hurt in preseason with us. Uh, so he, 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 they were down 18, three with two minutes left. It's like 17, three, 18, three, something like that. They came back and won. You know why? AJ McCarron. Well, that and XFL has some awesome rules. Okay. So you can go for one, which is just like the field goal. Two is a little further back or three. This is an extra point. Yes. Yeah. So like they went for three, a couple times and that's just like, I think you start from like the 15 or something like that. But then instead of an onside kick, you have the option to do a fourth and 15 from like your 20. And if you convert, you keep the ball. Jesus. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And they did that. And then like just marched down the field to one. You know, I think the one, two, three thing is, is kind of bullshit. But I, I do kind of like the whole you had to convert a 15-yard play to to retain possession yeah i think that's a pretty cool idea um and that could seriously like if the nfl were to adopt that i don't think they will that could seriously change some some games um big time 
it's so hard to recover an onside kick anymore. I mean, it was always hard, but now it's like damn near impossible with the rule changes. Yeah, I mean, I think they, they do some cool things. I could see the NFL adapting. Um, you know, that, that one's a little more extreme, but like for kickoffs, like the players start like five yards apart from each other, like on the receiving end of the field, and the defenders can't start running until the guy catches the ball. So you don't have people running full speed down the field for 50 yards and just like killing each other. So it looks weird, but you know, it kind of makes sense. And I think it could actually lead to more like exciting kickoff hmm. returns. That's cool. Yeah. I watched uh, the last two minutes. You inspired me to turn on the XFL. Nice. I watched the last two minutes of the Seattle Sea Dragons and some of the, and I think DC Defenders. Okay. I was bored to tears. Really? I was like, this is worse than watching like. Mac college football. Maybe that's just neither of those teams are your squads. You I gotta, guess not. You got to find your squad. I got to find my, those were, They were, and it was close. It was like the game was coming down to the wire, and I was like, I feel nothing. Vic Beasley's in the league. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what team he's on. Uh, he played on Saturday. So, yeah, he had a, a quarterback hit. Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No sacks, but one quarterback yeah. hit. So, I'll uh I'll be our eyes on the ground for the XFL gram. I'll yeah. let you know if anything else All right. exciting happens. We appreciate this XFL update brought to you by Goodyear. Yes. Not really. We have no affiliation with Goodyear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. Are we ready to talk some Atlanta sports news? All right, let's get into it. I know it. we don't always talk about that, but I think it's important this week. I think we're becoming a little more of a national show. A little know? bit. We're touching on some national subjects. We talked about the Super Bowl last week. We talked about XFL this week. Yeah. Nickel allergies. Nickel allergies. I mean, we're, well, we're getting out of sports. Well now. rounded. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be like Cold Pizza, the old ESPN2 show. Oh, Cold Pizza. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, that's, that's what we're striving for. That's what we're striving for. All right. Big news. We're going to start off with the Hawks, which I don't think we've done since the magical playoff run of 2021. Yeah, I thought we weren't supposed to talk about them again for like months. Well, now with uh, all the changes happening, Adam, we were, we were forced to. Changes? Changes. Big changes. What happened? Nate McMillan has been fired. No way. Way. Currently? Currently. Mid-season? Mid-season. We haven't seen a Hawks team do that um, in like 27 months. It's kind of yeah. kind of nuts. <laughs> Feels like that just happened. Yeah. Interesting. Seems to be coming a, a trend, for lack of a better term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of the timing's... You know, it's not surprising. No. We, we've been begging... Hell, I've been begging for it since... Before the end of last year, I was I like, just didn't, this guy. I, I, it just seemed like they were in ride it out mode, but I don't know if you listened to Landry Fields, the Hawks GM, talk about, he's like, you know, look, like I've been, I've had this feeling for like the last month or so, and you try not to just look at one or two games, but like the way they finished just limping into the all-star break with yeah. the loss. Particularly that loss against the, the Knicks. The loss at Charlotte and then just getting blown out by the Knicks. At home. It was just like so obvious. Like, like the players just weren't listening to him anymore. Like it's just blatant. And so no. Landry Fields claims it was his decision. I'm sure Tony Ressler had a huge say in it. I'm, but uh, I'm sure McMillan had a, was like, please, please let me go. Because apparently like uh, Shams... Sharina came out and was saying, and we've heard this before, where Nate McMillan wanted to just resign midseason and they wouldn't let him. So I'm sure he was like, thank God I'm out of here. Yeah, that, that, that is interesting. That it goes from like December, they were like trying to convince him to stay, and now he's getting fired. It's, it's just odd to me how this, I guess it's not odd considering the discombobulation of the front office, but how this front office was like, yep, this is still the guy to lead us. Um, even in December or 
hell November. Like there's, it's never nothing's taken off this year. It's just been in full idle position. You know, I, I listened like I was actually I listened to the entire Landry Fields press conference. I was pretty impressed with him actually. Like he in terms of what he said or how he said it. Both. I mean, he was pretty open. Um, you know, just about how he wasn't getting the job done and like what they're going to be looking for and like player development was like number one and like that's just like known that that is not something Nate was focused on at all developing these young players and like John Collins has come out to, like now that he's gone you know doors are opening up a little more with in terms yeah. of what people are saying and John Collins went on record as just saying like look he like he's just McMillan was built more for like just a veteran roster that kind of knows how to do it and we need a little more guidance right and McMillan just like didn't do that right so I mean I think Fields was talking about obviously the goal for this year is still to make the playoffs not that it matters too much no, either way it doesn't matter but you know give some of these young guys a bigger chance yeah AJ Griffin needs more playing time a thousand percent Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson he hasn't been playing at all no he needs more time but I, particularly I think AJ Griffin I don't know how special of a player he can be but he's shown a lot this year where he, he can I think um help you win basketball games yeah and to Nate's credit he played him a lot more than he's played any rookie right but still, still wasn't enough like, he would just like ride bogey yeah. Even when the shot's not falling. I mean, I think it was also apparent in that Knicks game how just gassed the team was. Like, it wasn't just, like, a lack of effort. Like, I think they were tired. Yeah. Like, the the he's he has, like, Bogdanovich, he's running him in the ground. Capella, Trey. Like, everybody just seemed just, like, exhausted. Just not there. Yeah. I mean, and, and Fields was saying how, like, look, this is one move. It's, like, obviously the players aren't responding. But now that we make this move, it's on the players to, like, respond and prove that it's you know it, it's it's not them at this point right and he, he was pretty open when when the press asked him about you know trey specifically and if trey has more pressure given his role on the team and he had like higher expectations and he was basically like hell yeah he does and i've had this conversation with him i'll say to anyone like we have higher expectations for trey sure and how he acts and what we expect <laughs> out of him well and what he can improve upon yeah so he definitely didn't improve upon the perception of, of his leadership or lack thereof when this happened. Didn't show up for the media stuff uh, on Wednesday. Said he was going to show up on Thursday. Didn't show up on Thursday. Apparently there was actually a legitimate reason for this, but the initial reaction was he doesn't want to talk about it, about the Nate McMillan thing to the or press. Or just waiting for it to die down a little bit. Yeah. And look, if I was an NBA player or a public figure, I wouldn't want to talk to the press at any point in time, really. Like, fuck that shit. It's annoying. They ask a lot of dumb questions, um, especially in that environment when it's not like a one-on-one interview where it's like all these people, you know, just asking inane questions. Some of them are trying to get a rise out of you. Um, it's bullshit. It's annoying. But as a leader, the supposed leader of the franchise on the court, not being there is, is a terrible look. Well, like, you know, it's part of your job as a pro athlete. It's yes. like... It's like any job. There's parts of the job you that enjoy. You don't like parts of the job you don't enjoy. Yeah, and I, John, I hate having to bang away emails. Sure, but you got to do for it for being in the field. Yeah. But you got to do it, right? John Collins even I think was throwing some shade at Trey a little bit with his statements. Um, he said, you know, we've got to be held accountable in all aspects, whether it's the organization, the players, the training staff, the weight room, 
I feel like that's where it starts. It's holding people accountable to their job and their expectations as men on this team. This is the NBA. We're not in college anymore. And then he said he feels like they can do a better job of that. You know, he's talking about himself. He's talking about the whole team. But I think he's also talking about Trey Young. You can interpret it however you want to. Like, yeah. we don't we don't really know. No, we don't. I mean, I think Capella mentioned stuff about accountability, too, when he was talking to the press. It's just, it's just weird to me that if Trey wants to be a leader that he's not there. You know, if he hates it. It still shows that he's there for his team, and he's not letting other people pick up the the slack for him. Because that's the expectation as the leader, as the face of the as the face of the team. You have to answer the tough questions. You got to do the tough things sometimes. And he's not doing it. That's just annoying. Yeah. Now it's just like, fuck Trey Young. I hate this guy. No, not at all. But it's it just speaks to once again, it feels like where he should be a leader. He's not doing it. Yeah, and you heard like Dejounte Murray, who's like, this must be surreal for him to go from the Spurs, the most put together organization, to the shit show that's been this year for the Hawks. We're like yeah. laughing stock of the league right now. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I and mean, he was quick to like come out as soon as he heard. He said he like called Nate, said like I respect him as a coach, as a you know, as a player, as a dad, right? All the above. Um, and but like you don't know maybe Trey just like can't get to that point and like Trey just thinks he's just gonna if he came out and talked he's gonna say some things he's gonna regret sure so he's like let me just sleep it off for a day yeah and I can understand that I can understand gather his thoughts right but once again you know DeJounte also used that that A word accountable you know he said I hold myself accountable for Nate McMillan's dismissal it's not just one guy's fault yeah so the whole team, I think, is aware of what's going on. I want to go back to what John Collins said about the whole disconnect between what McMillan wanted versus what the players were doing or what the players needed. Do you view that as a difference in mindset in terms of what he was talking about, more veteran guys, that's who McMillan is better suited for, or was it that McMillan had a certain way of doing things that the team couldn't figure out how to measure up to? I just think he wasn't like a teacher, you know, mm. like he either didn't have the patience for it or didn't know how to do it with this new generation. But like, I mean, you, th- you think about the team that had success. What did that te- team had? Like the Eastern Conference Finals team? Yeah. We had a Lou Williams. So like when you have a guy like that, yes, he's doing a lot of teaching for these younger guys. Solomon Hill. Solomon Hill. Guys like that. And uh, we've been talking about that for the last two years, how that's been a missing piece. But you know, those vets like can really kind of pick up the slack where a head coach might be lacking. Yeah. And Nate just wasn't that dude. And uh, I don't know if his heart's not into it or. I think he just has a way of doing things and he's just going to do it no matter what. It's his way or the highway. I think one of the reasons that the Hawks were successful when he took over is he didn't change really Lloyd Pierce's system. And then he implemented a system last year, you know, more of the mid range jumpers. Yeah. Uh, the ISO ball, et cetera. Whereas I think without Lloyd Pierce and whatever was going on there, it was just kind of like, okay, his system was all right, but maybe the team just wasn't jiving with him. And then once McMillan could be a fresh voice, I think that sort of provided the spark. But it really is interesting going back and looking at the Hawks of, you know, the Hawks that had the best finish of all time in the history of the franchise versus what the Hawks are now. It's just a totally different squad. And it's two different systems, even though the same guy was running it. Yeah. So I mean, even not having Gallo, it's just like all these guys. Yeah, Gallo's another veteran voice, um, certainly. And I totally agree with you. Like, not having a veteran is detrimental. This is like, I think, 
the 10th, 11th, 12th youngest team in the league. I think average age is like 25 or something. And we really, like, is there one veteran on this team that you can think of off the top of your head where you're like, that guy's been around for a while and knows how to do things? I mean, Capella. But he's still like... John Collins is a veteran at this John point. Collins is still only 25. Yeah, but he's been in the league forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah. So it's I, still a very talented roster. Yeah, I, I think it's a talented roster. I don't know if it can... I feel like the problem is now, no matter who you bring in, Part of me just feels like the damage has been done, and this team's chemistry issues goes beyond Nate McMillan. Uh, I really don't think so. Man. You don't think so? The, the more I, the more I hear, the more time he, will tell. Yeah, I mean the Trey Young, like that's the that's the kicker. Like if Trey's just not that dude and he's not going to be coachable, that's going to be a problem. Obviously, long term, that's going to be catastrophic. What what parts about of, of, in terms of being coachable do you think he needs to improve on? I don't know. Just the fa- the fact that we've gone through two coaches and like Trace, like able to be such a big voice in the franchise, and like we see how great he can be, but then there's just times where he goes to this ISO ball and logo threes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just trends that seem to be and like the account, like things like today, right? Like not. It's not even his on court stuff. It's the off the court stuff mm-hmm. a little more. Just like that seeps into the on the court yeah, stuff too. Just yeah. proving he can be a leader, right? Um, misses a lot of games for like minor tweaks and stuff. Well, that's just the NBA now. But did you hear um, the UGA kid who plays for Minnesota now? Oh, uh, what's his name? Carl, not Carl Anthony Towns. Who's that guy? I know you're talking about. He had that one big year at Georgia. Everybody wanted him. Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Yes. At All Star Weekend this week, he was like, they asked him, like, what's like the one thing you would change about the NBA? And he's like, guys just got to play, man. Like, mm. I don't get it. Like, if you're 80, 80, 70, 80%, you got to be out there. Like, people sit out for nothing. And I like that. Yeah. I like, that's, I want that mentality. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jordan said this when he was on the Wizards. He said, 20 years from now, you know, guys, I'm paraphrasing here, but he's like, guys are going to do what they're doing today. He's like, people aren't going to be playing the way that we're playing right now. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, if I'm seeing my franchise leader not suit up when he probably could, what does that say to me? If I'm not, you know, if I'm not the franchise star, it's like he sets the tone. And then that's a, you know, and then that just seeps into everything. Yeah. And it's weird how that works, but it is kind of like a, it really, the, 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 you know, any organizations like a, like a living organism. And Trey Young is kind of like the, the heart. Or the head, one of the two. He's very important. You can't live without him, sort of thing. Yeah. And when he's not working or he's doing something that, you know, doesn't benefit the team, the rest of the body feels it. So the Hawks keep it interesting, at least, Graham. Do they? In terms of like, you know, big storylines every now and then. This is all expected. They're all negative storylines. Yeah. But it's like, well, now we got to see what. So, who's the interim coach? Coach again? Uh, this guy Joe Prunty, who's already on the staff. He's fifty-eight years old. He has been with tons of organizations. He is also a disciple of Greg Popovich, and uh, from the, I believe, two thousand to two thousand four, he's been all over the place. He's been on multiple teams: Phoenix, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Portland, Dallas. In San Antonio. So he has been all over the NBA as an assistant coach. He has a ton of experience. And um, 
Yeah, so he's here. I mean, he's already been here, but now he's the guy. So you got to wonder what he's going to do with all this. He knows. I would say the good news about this is is that he knows what he's walking into. Kind of like McMillan knew what he was walking into when he mm-hmm. was on Lloyd Pierce's staff. He knows what he's walking into. The question is, will he try to change anything? Will he try to change Nate's system to one of his own or one that he's been around that he thinks can work with this team or is he just going to keep the same thing in place, write it out? Because he probably knows he's not going to be the guy long-term. For all intents and purposes, the Hawks are going hard after former Utah Jazz coach Quinn Snyder. So you got to wonder what Prunty's mindset's going to be right now. You know what's crazy about this Hawks franchise is Nate McMillan's son is on this coaching staff still. So it's like it's like with wrestlers' son being a big part of the front office. It's like, what are we doing? So it's like you got to wonder. It can't be that different. Like it's still his coaches, his coaching staff. Yeah, it's still his coaching staff. But but I think there's no chance in hell that they would like kind of redo what happened with Nate, where Nate just went on a miracle run and then they hired him. Like no, Pr- Prunty would have to make it to the finals. He would have to win the finals, probably. Yeah, to like, be a guy. It, yeah. So I mean, yeah, a big part of this is like they're trying to get a head start on the market. Um, by making a move now, so, but I, I don't know. Sorry, say that name again. That oh, Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder. Yeah, I mean he had an unbelievable record with the Jazz. Yeah, he did really good with the Jazz. Never got past the conference semifinals, but consistently they were an excellent regular season team. Had a lot of like I think he was there for eight years, and I think six of the eight years they finished like twenty uh, games over five hundred or more. Uh, something like that. He had a good run. It is interesting how they're they're like leaking these names into the press. Like I don't really understand the advantage of it. It's very anti Alex Anthopoulos. It's like they're throwing out these are some of our candidates early. Like what what advantage do you get by doing that? Um, you could send a it's sending a message to the fan base, maybe saying, "Hey, we're taking this seriously." Here, are the guys we're considering. They could be they could be seeing what the reactions are going to be from. Yeah, I mean, fans or players, probably more importantly, players. Um, I don't know. know. You know, I trust no one more than Brad Rowland when it comes to NBA basketball. The ultimate Hawks savant, yes. He claims Snyder is a top 10 coach Mm. in the league. So it sounds like a good hire, but also the idea of just getting like the only guy who's out there available right now that you can hire and like making it quick, that doesn't seem ideal. I don't think they'd bring him in right now. I think that'd be kind of crazy. He said it was open to it. Oh, Jesus. It was like, I think that could be an absolute disaster. Yeah, I would think you would take like the Falcons approach that they did with Arthur Smith and like, you know, kind of drag it out for a little while. Yeah, let them get an off season. But then Snyder, there's going to be other openings coming up. Snyder might not want to come here. Maybe get your if he's your guy. That would be nuts to me. That would well, you know what? It wouldn't be nuts because this this front office is nuts. So yeah, I could see this happening. I could see it totally backfiring. I well, could see them signing him to a big, fat, beefy contract. You know, four or five year contract, millions of dollars, and then he comes in and they they, they get worse or something. You know, well, maybe like, what to, do you do? Maybe he gets to be the guy in waiting. He's like, you know, you know, he's your coach next year. He comes in, meets the guys, watches them from afar. That's fine. And then like, I'm, may, I'm fine with that. And he takes over next year. Yeah, that that's totally fine. Yeah. If you want to do that, so be it. His, his track record is good. Disciple of Mike Shashesky knows basketball. Shashesky. Yeah, he went to Duke. Oh, and Budenholzer. And Budenholzer. Get letting Budenhoser get away like that was obviously he left on his own terms, but it's like well, it was it was dumb. That's probably the best coach the Hawks have ever had, probably. And I would say that 
But the Hawks front office is going to repeat the same mistakes they made with Bullenholzer. I heard they want to also make Quinn Snyder the president of basketball operations. And that's not to say that Quinn Snyder can't do that. But I don't think he has experience doing that. Just like Bullenholzer didn't have experience being the president of basketball operations when he was made president of basketball operations. And that blew up. It's like they just keep repeating the well, same mistakes, yeah, you man. Know, that was, I mean, the Danny Ferry thing happened. All this. Well, stuff. Danny Ferry was separate from all. Well, oh, that's but why that's what it was. put him in the yeah, position. Good point. Yeah. Yes, yes. And now the Schlenk is gone. It's just like all this turmoil yeah. from like we've I had would, some really nice pieces here. Yeah, I would rather just blow this thing up than uh, deal with the shit anymore. <laughs> I don't know. I had a little hope hearing Fields. I was like, okay, this guy has a vision. Him and Corver together. But know. can we trust that vision, Adam? I don't know. That's the thing. They don't have a He didn't enough. sound incompetent. Well, that's I'll good. tell you that much. Nick Sirianni also sounded like he never spoken a word of the English language at his introductory press conference, and he almost won a Super Bowl last exactly. year. So appearances can be deceiving. People improve. Yes, or put on a show. Yeah. So it's, I see your point. Yeah. So it's like, who knows, right? It's, it's just, it, it, you know, it's just sort of... Uh, it's this Atlanta sports thing, man. Outside of the Braves, these two franchises are just frustrating as hell. Even though I think the Falcons are definitely moving in the right direction, it's still, uh, I don't know. The Hawks, Hawks going to hawk. And I think as long as this front office is doing things the way they are, then I'm, I'm not going to get my expectations up. Quote, unquote, second half, which is only like 20-something games, yeah. starts tomorrow right. against the Cavs. That's a hell of a way to open up. Here's here, Joe matchup. Prunty. Yeah. Enjoy Cleveland. Those guys are really good this year. I think they're fourth seed. John Collins is in concussion protocol. He's in concussion protocol <laughs> and going to the press, and Trey Young's got nothing wrong with him. Yeah. Except he's, he's okay enough to uh, post pictures of himself in a Steve Nash jersey advocating for Steve Nash. but advocate. Oh, as our coach? I He didn't say that, but I saw some pictures of him. Um, on Twitter or something where it's like, does this mean that Trey Young wants Steve Nash as the coach? And I was like, the timing is pretty uh, impeccable there. I do like that Fields said something along the line. Like someone asked him, like, do the players have like a say in this? And he's like, no, this has nothing to do with the players. Like, so basically saying, like, you shouldn't let the players decide who their no, coach is. No, you shouldn't is. let the players decide. But You th- find a guy that has your same vision. Yes, but I think... Trey should, if Trey is a long-term part of this it's franchise. too much power, man. He should at least be consulted and saying, what do you think about this guy? He doesn't make the decision. It's sort of like when you are hiring someone for your job and you might go to someone and say, what do you think of this guy? That's all. It doesn't have to be like he, he's like. I've had that conversation. I, I asked him, do you guys jive? Right. And it was a yes. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's, that's it. It yeah. could just be something as simple as that. Yeah. And maybe a little, maybe a little more in depth than that, but but no. it, it doesn't have to be anything where Trey Young's involved with the interview, or Trey's going to have a PowerPoint presentation on all the things he wants from a head coach. It's just like, hey, we're thinking about this guy. Here's what he's doing. Here's what he wants to do. What do you think? Get the feedback, and then that's it. Sure, I think that would be okay. But having him like be involved in the interview or actually making the decision is stupid. It's like, well, why, why not make Trey Young the president of basketball operations at that point? Yeah. So I kind of wish he would be involved to a degree, but just at, at a minimal level. But whatever. I don't know anything about running a basketball franchise, and neither does the rest of the front office. So it's kind of mm. funny. Yeah. That's big of you to admit, Graham. Yeah. I know. I hold myself 
a high standard, but not you're, that high. You're, you've humbled over the years. I've humbled. I'm, I, I don't have all the answers, clearly. Um, I think it covers the Hawks. We'll take a break and hear a word from our friends from DraftKings, and then we'll talk some spring training. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. All right, so last week I told you to bet on the Hawks against the Knicks, which was really bad. So I'm going to stay with the Hawks as they're really the only NBA team I know. And I'm going to tell you to bet against them uh, this Friday at Cleveland. Cleveland also gets, um, or excuse me, the Hawks get four points. But I don't think it's going to matter. I think Cleveland is the superior team. The Hawks could also come in really fired up. Who knows? You probably want to go with the opposite of what I'm saying. If anything, if last week is anything to go by, I'm not going to be great recommending NBA picks. So take it for what it's worth. I'm still saying Cleveland, but what the hell do I know? Voice of confidence. Cleveland, eh? Going with Cleveland. All right. So I'm sure the Hawks will kick their butt by 20 points. A lot of people are listening to you out there. Yeah. Joe Prunty, prove me wrong. Yep. Download the app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. All right, Braves fans. This is not an ad announcement. This is a segment announcement. Battle for the fifth spot in the rotation, where we keep track of what's going on with the boys competing for the last spot. And those boys are now Michael Soroka, no longer Mike. Ian Anderson. And the guy that throws real, real slow, but real Bryce effective. Elder. Bryce Elder. Not real slow. He's a it's like low 90s guy. Yeah, it's real slow. Hey, don't leave Colby Allard out of the mix, Graham. Oh, those are the top three. He, he's starting game one Saturday, and that means a lot. That means a lot. His one inning of work will, will mean the world. It's two days from now, Graham. It's very exciting. First game of spring training. Very exciting. We'll start with Michael Soroka, Adam. Unfortunately, the poor bastard had a hamstring injury that set him back about a week uh, from physical activity and maybe three weeks or so from actually pitching in spring training games. So we all love now Michael Soroka, but the poor guy just can't seem to stay healthy. And it's freak things. It's not like he's doing anything. I mean, he just took a step last year and tore his Achilles again. He's just playing catch with Darren O'Day and pulls and uh, has a hamstring issue now. So uh, it's just he, the poor guy's snake bitten. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm a Soroka guy. That's That's my boy. We all uh, like, like the, just the, you know, just he was just so damn good in 2018, 2019, Cy Young candidate. But yeah, and this, this doesn't seem to be a major injury, but the fact that it keeps happening, it's concerning for sure. And he's not a guy that can avoid, like, he needs this time yeah. to get into game shape. I mean, um, we saw how rusty he was when he went to Gwinnett last year. I mean, granted, you don't, Which is fair. you don't need to rush him because he can just go pitch in Gwinnett and maybe that's what he needs. But, uh, you know, he's a competitor. He wants to be there. He wants to win this job. And, you know, maybe that could drive him. But, 
I mean, I guess we say this every year, just get healthy pitching AAA in April, and we'll see if he can be a piece later. But it's disheartening. I thought I thought he was going to take that spot, but now I'm uh, questioning it, especially considering what we were seeing out of Ian Anderson early in camp, Graham. Yes, which we'll get to in just one moment. You're not ready for that Not yet. quite ready All for right, it. what else you got on Soroka? Um, he thought it was going to be a lot worse than uh, when the injury happened. It was really barking, but it sounds like he avoided a major injury. It's well, you got to think he's just paranoid, you know. I would be paranoid too. I feel like if I was, you know, I feel like I'm gonna have, a, if I'm him, I'm gonna have a heart attack just waking up in the morning. It's it's kind of insane. And that's gonna be a massive hurdle for him for a while. And I feel like that happens. Like that was Ronald Acuna last year when he was a lot more tentative in the outfield. Anytime he would go back and get right. on that warning track, he wasn't the same defensive player because you just don't fully trust the knee yet. That's yeah. how Soroka's gonna be for a while until and I'm sure that'll affect his pitching until he just like can put it out of his mind and just be Michael Soroka again yeah it's it's gonna be hard too because not only you know we're talking about this absence from pitching but when you think about it it's it's been when he actually gets back in the major league mound which I hope he does but when that if that happens it'll be probably three years since he's thrown a major league pitch Remember, this first Achilles injury happened in the 2020 season. Which would have been like August, because that's when that season started. Yeah, I think, or July or something. I can't remember. But yeah. It was August. It was two months. Yeah. We were we were desperate. Like, we thought December and January was dark times for Atlanta's own. You know, spring of 2020, that was tough times, Graham. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you <laughs> think they're going to play? <laughs> and only Atlanta's own was really affected by spring 2020. I don't think anyone else was. <laughs> Not just us. Yeah, man. just us. Just us. It was it was tough. Yep. Still psychologically scarred from that. Yep. But um, yeah. No, it's um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, please tell me what's going on with Ian Anderson and how well he's doing at camp in the early days. Yeah. So at this point, pitchers are like doing live BP. You know, I saw a video of Acuna going deep off Max Freed. Yes. And Max Freed said that was related to the pitching clock. Yeah, he was like, oh, shit, I got to throw a pitch. Yeah. He also struck out Acuna in their previous... Earlier. Uh, when they, they encountered each other earlier in the day. Yeah, so Anderson struck out uh, Michael Harris Jr. and Olsen, and he's featuring a new pitch this year. So it sounds like... And I'd heard about this, and it sounds like he was kind of downplaying it a little bit to where like he's always just been, you know, fastball changeup, that's his one one and two that he's featured mostly. And then he's got that big over-the-top curveball as well that he would mix in there. But, you know, fast fastball changeup, that was his money ball. And then last year the fastball, like, wasn't mid-90s like it used to be. People were see- just, like, knowing just lay off the changeup. He can't throw the curveball for a strike. And then just sitting fastball. But this slider, he can throw for a strike. And that's what he struck Michael Harris Jr. out on. So he, he says he's brought it in against righties. But, you know, it's obviously effective against left. Well, obvious by the the one spring training at bat I've heard about anyways. But it looks pretty damn good from what uh, David O'Brien was saying. And the pop is back. So, you know, just based off these early returns and the fact that he has been there and done that, he's, you know, eight playoff starts with a 1.4 ERA. He's got to be the front runner for this fifth spot. Like if he has, like, you know, learned from his failures last year, He's put in the work, developed a new pitch. Like, look out. 
not just having the good slider, but also working on the fastball and the changeup where neither one of those pitches were where they needed to be last season, I don't think, either. You know, if those pitches improve along with adding this new pitch to his arsenal, yeah, I would agree. Yep, Michael. But let's let's see what happens, you know, for the rest of the spring. It is it is easy though when you when you read this article to be like, Oh yeah, man. Sure. Get get pumped, but I'm gonna temper expectations a little bit till we actually see him um in in game action. But yeah, with the setback to Soroka, I, I think I don't think there's a chance Soroka I mean there's always a chance, but I think the chances are minimal now that he makes the team out of spring training. Um and then, you know, all mums the word on Bryce Elder, I would assume. I don't yeah, think I mean, people are still, talking about keep him. Keep in mind, it's still February. So right. all this is gonna change a lot probably, but you got you gotta think Ian Anderson is the front runner. Um but it's gonna be they all have options, so it's gonna be hundred percent who looks the best. Yeah. Who's out there competing. Uh my my money right now is on Ian Anderson. Sure. I mean the other thing is with the slider, uh Harris was saying that it looks exactly the same as the changeup. And that's huge. Until the changeup bottoms out and yep. the slider moves right. to the left, I guess. And that's huge. Um, and that's how the best pitchers get the job done. Like Clayton Kershaw has made a living and a killing off that his whole life. Like Every pitch comes out mostly the same arm slot. And it's like it's impossible to know if he's going to throw that super epic curveball or if he's going to blow you away with a fastball. I mean, it's uh, and it makes his fastball look all, all the faster. So, I mean, I think that's also going to help the fastball pitch. This is great. This is all really great news. Yeah, still still could be it'd be a hell of a four, fourth or fifth starter if he is Ian Anderson of old or even improved. And maybe he would be better than the fourth or fifth starter. Yeah. Know, maybe he bumps his way up in the rotation. Who knows? Yep. Kyle uh, Wright apparently had a quarter zone shot in his shoulder, and he's feeling just fine now, but things were flaring up in January. Um, but it, he, he, he feels great. So This is why we want this depth, though. Yes, because you know, never know. We know we're going to need all of these guys. Who would have thunk that you know if you put a gun to my head in 2019 and, or 2020 and said, Mike Soroka is not going to pitch for three years, I'd be like, you're out of your freaking mind. You mean Michael Soroka? Excuse me, Michael Soroka. I'd say you're out of your freaking mind. Because even if you had Tommy John that year, it's like he'd be back. But yeah. who would have thunk that he would have two Achilles uh, injuries in three years? I mean, it just doesn't happen. So anything can happen. Yes, the depth, as you mentioned, is just all the more important because of freak freak things happen, particularly with baseball players. And there's that one baseball player that I can't remember who it was, but he was like going down the, the stairs and he sneezed and he broke a rib yeah. or something and he's out for like six weeks. Yeah. Shit is crazy. So yeah, can shit, never have enough. Shit vision. happens. Uh, left field battle, obviously, we don't know much yet. We do know that your boy Ozuna was one of the last people to show up to camp. He showed up <laughs> when he absolutely had to. <laughs> Which is classic Ozuna. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it, I guess it doesn't matter. Like, if the guy hits, he's going to stick. If he doesn't, goodbye. Yeah. Uh, it was funny the way he was talking about stuff, though. I mean, he said he was feeling a lot better physically. And some fans that still like him, some fans that don't. He's not. He's gonna ignore the fans that don't. And it's, I don't know. It's, what it's, fans like him? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think anyone. I don't think any fan looks at Marcelo Zuna. I could be wrong, and just goes, "There's an upstanding young man," or is impressed by his play on the field. I mean, the last two years have been a disaster. He claims his shoulders better, and that's why he can only throw the ball like seventy miles an hour. I don't think he's going to be in left field either way. We'll see how this all shakes out. It is going to be interesting to, to, to see if Ozuna actually hits. Let's say he, for whatever reason, and they were talking about this too, that apparently he figured something out. I mean, we saw it in September. He figured some stuff out. He was hitting the ball again. If he's able to hit the ball pretty well, and he's hitting like 280, 
He's got 40 home run power. Well, this 280 year for, would be crazy. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. But let's just say. Let's just say for the sake of argument. Well, yeah. Go ahead. He's doing that. Sure. I mean, will you play him in left field to maximize your offense so that you can have either Darno or Murphy be your designated Probably. Hitter? With Michael Harris, Roman Center? Yeah. I mean, I think you would have to just bite the bullet and just say, you know, maybe the defense sucks, but he would be the primary left fielder. Yeah. Um, unless Rosario finds his form. I mean, it... Well, I feel Rosario looks really good as well. I yeah. mean, it's early, obviously, but everybody always says they're looking good in spring training. Like it's 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 such a in all these uh, articles. I'll actually say this one with Ian Anderson talking about striking out Harris and and uh, Olson and whatnot. There's actually actionable stuff going on there, even though it's very early. It's still like encouraging news, but hearing a guy comes in and says, "Oh, he looks great." That's usually the majority. Well, of the everyone looks great. Pieces. Yeah, everyone trains in the off season. Yeah, now. everybody like- looks great. Everybody looks good in batting practice. Everybody, blah 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 blah. BJ Upton had the best spring training I've ever seen. I went to spring training the year we got him, sitting like four thirty. We all down, know how that down turned Down at Disney out. World, down Orlando. at Disney World. Yes, spring training is just like the most misleading thing in the world. Sometimes, I still remember the report on Fox. It was probably Fox Sports. South back then, uh, the year after Smoltz retired and Dan Kolb came in to be the closer. Isn't that Hugo's favorite player? Oh, yeah. He loves Dan Kolb. And uh, I just remember them saying, this guy just throws a lead ball. He's going to be a real asset to us. And I was like, oh, yeah, Dan Kolb, yeah. I mean, he's like one of the worst relievers we've ever had. Sure. Yeah, so... It's a good point, Graham. Yeah, you just never know. Got to temper expectations. Yeah, and it's very easy to buy into everything. You unless hear. unless you see on the field, like Soroka, just like looking like Soroka. I just want to see Soroka on the field. Yeah. Let's start there, and yeah. then hopefully he has a good performance. But for, even if he's just existing and throwing pitches. Multiple in an, games in a row. Yes, and an actual, even if it's a spring training and he's just pitching in games, even if he gets shelled the first couple times, so be it. At least he's out there working on stuff. True. True, true, true. Um. Yeah, I don't think there's much else going on with spring training, unless you have anything off the top of mind. That's all I got. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up, Adam, with the exception of a couple of Falcons tidbits. Apparently, there's going to be some Netflix documentary, and Marcus Mariota is going to be mic'd up, apparently, for every single Falcons game. So, like, he was mic'd up. Or, yes, he was mic'd up. And so I'm going to be very interested. I'll watch that shit because I want to see what he says when he quit on the team. I want to see what he says when he throws that pass from his back. Yes. <laughs> Against the Panthers. No, that. I mean, I, I tell, like just like that full swing golf show, I'm all into these like Netflix sports documentaries. They've they're, done a really good they're job. They're good. Yeah. I mean, the, you've watched any of the Formula One stuff? Yeah. I, some yeah. Of, I, I, I got into it and then I kind of got out right. of it. But like but it's, well it's engaging. Together. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I just watched the like Team USA one from mm-hmm. the basketball. Like they're all really good. Yeah, Aaron Hernandez documentary was just bone chilling, blood yeah. chilling. I was like, ugh. So yeah, I watch, it's crazy they chose. What was it? Marcus Mariota, Kurt Cousins, and Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah, those are three very so different it's quarterbacks. like the best quarterback in the game. Above, I'd say above average A quarterback, mediocre. and then the absolutely most mediocre starting quarterback in the league. Yeah. No, we'll watch it. Uh, Falcons also made their first move of the offseason. I did not hear this. We re-signed our long snapper. Cool. He did a good job as far as I could tell. You got to have a guy that can spin the ball between his legs, Graham. When you don't know the long snapper's name, that's a really fucking good sign. He's doing exactly. a good job. Exactly. So, that's perfect. We don't even going to say his name on the show. We'll not besmirch his name by saying it. Just keep doing your thing. Yeah. 
I think really that's it. I know Lamar Jackson rumors are still out there. There's nothing really to talk about. It, it does seem like, at least on Falcons Reddit, and I, I believe with you and I as well, we don't want to go out and get Lamar Jackson. No. It's not worth mortgaging the future. No. We have too many holes. Yes. We got to fill these holes. Yes. We're not saying Ritter's the guy. No. But he could be the guy. Yes. Okay. Perfectly said. Could not say it any better. <laughs> Agree with everything. What a renaissance. Woo! This show's history. No debate. All right. That's Felt it. good. Yeah, it feels great. All right, folks. That's all for this week. We will see you next week. Hope you're doing well. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitomerous. Hospitomerous. Hospitomerous.